Sometimes you think you need something. But you know what? You probably don't. This is the Wayward Podcast. Since we're already halfway through our conversation, we should probably Hi, so we, Kim was, we were just yammering on, and then we're like, oh, we got to make dinner in an hour, so let's turn it on. So, um... Yeah. Okay. So, uh, hi, Brianna. We're Buckmaster. back in Kim's closet. <laughs> We're in my closet. And what was the first thing I did when I got in here? I went. These aren't yours. I know. She I keeps- found a new thing that I went. Who wears these? Are a pair of shiny nude heels. These are Badgley Mishka. So these are uh, fuck fuck you heels. Oh, are they? Badgley Mishka is a great brand. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Know. Um. Uh. But they are nude pumps. Kim Rhodes in a nude pump. Yeah. I've only seen Kim Rhodes in black, white, maybe silver shoes. And red. my red boots. Red, yes. That's because that's all I have. The red boots are choice, though. The audition clothes. Yes, the audition oh, clothes. Oh, audition clothes. Seen those. Oh, wait, here. I haven't seen those. You haven't seen those. You haven't seen... Look, more auditions clothes. I feel like you've given me these to try on before. You've given me a couple things to try on. Yeah. Oh, these ones. It, it was these. Hold on. Hold on. Shoes, shoes, ah, shoes. You're like listening to shoes. Holy. Oh yes, I really want to find a good home for those. You love them, hey? I love them, but I'm never going to wear them again. They're an amazing shoe. These are our Ruth shoe. Yeah, they are. But like, Ruth's feet are too little. Too tiny. I've yeah. Tried to give her some things in the past. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I yeah. could not rock those. I'm so glad we're back in my closet. Though. Yeah, me too. And Welcome it's a back. Closet. It pretty much looks the same. I cleaned it out since I saw you last. Really? Oh, that's right. You sent me a picture. Yeah. I remember. I remember that conversation. And then you were like, "Success." Um. Okay. Well, we won't play what's in Kim's closet. That's for another episode. We thought that today we would talk about attachment. I don't know where this. I will preface this going. We didn't talk about this before we decided to start yeah. recording it. Well, we were talking about... No, I mean, we didn't talk about where this episode would, yeah. would go. Attachment, but then go into obsession. Because I think obsession yes. is the most obsession dire gets... form of attachment. Agreed. And I think that what happens is people assume obsession... What do you want? Your water? It's right there. Oh, is it there? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Honey, what I do you want? Needs. What do you want? I has needs. Um... Obsession gets this kind of rap for being purely about romantic obsession. Oh, that's funny. I already disagree with you. Oh, interesting. That was that was my experience. Mm-hmm. Like I've only heard people talk about I mean, people go, "Oh my god, you're obsessed with that show." Or I'm obsessed with those shoes. But when they talk about true obsession, I've only heard people talk about romantic obsession. That's funny. Um I hear it all the time. I bet. Because it is one of the symptoms of addiction. Mm. Yes, and I do think that it is uh, uh, it is parlaying into addiction, and I think that attachment parlays into obsession. Do you know? What I, mean? I think they're all related, and so, so for me, for my experience, or for what I've heard from other people, or what I've read, it has been a lot about um, programming, a lot about things that um, you have become accustomed to. And you get into a pattern, a pattern of action or a pattern of thinking that suddenly becomes um, your truth. Does that make sense? Like suddenly you decide that you like bike riding. So you start bike riding. You buy a fancy new bike. You start going to bike clubs. You start getting all the all the things 
um, to go with the bikes. Somebody comes out with a new thing. Somebody comes out with a new app. You have to have the new thing with the bike. You have to go to your thing. And suddenly you're like, this is who I am when it was a decision. Yes. That you've programmed yourself. So would you call that an obsession? See, because for for my people... Um, obsession is something that you cannot, you cannot not think about. That's where if you take a breath, your brain resets itself to have a drink, take a pill, whatever the hell. The the obsession is, becomes more powerful than my mind, Um, which to me is not attachment. Attachment is more like obsession is, I have no power over this. I must have it. Um... I don't have any power over the thinking about it. I have no power over the needing of it. But do you think that obsession leads itself into believing in a false truth? Oh, yes. That's my point. It's like, I do think obsession is treatable, shall I say. Um, I think it's challenging. I imagine that it would be challenging to just go, I'm not going to think about that anymore. I am not going to look at that anymore. I am not going to engage with that anymore. That takes conscious daily reprogramming. Well, and my experience is that it takes assistance from outside because yes, the obsession I mean. is in my brain. And and it this is not an original statement, but I'm going to throw it out there. Yes. I can't go to my brain to fix my brain. Yes. But um but obsession itself is I am not okay. Somehow it's like, yeah, this seems like a good idea and it will make me okay. Even when it's going to kill me. Like going to kill me. Going to, I'm going to go to sleep and not wake up. If I put this fistful of shit in my face, I'm still going to put this fistful of shit in my face. And think that I'm somehow going to feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, And attachment, I think, is is the baby sister of that. Which is for me, because this all started... When I was telling Brianna, I had a big, huge breakthrough in uh, surrendering to detachment, which sounds so lovely, but it it didn't look pretty at all. It was mm-hmm. awful. It came. It surrendering came, sounds like such an enchanting thing, thing, and it's, it's not. It's always like, fine, just well, take me. Dude, first of all, <laughs> in order to surrender, you have to be at war. Yes, yeah. Right? That's right. So you can't just surrender unless you're already in a fucking and who, war. And when we surrender in, in the way that we're speaking about it right now, who are we always at war with? Me, Always my brain, myself, right? truth, yeah. reality. Um, so yeah. yeah, so I reached a greater surrender, mm-hmm. which looked like they like to say, um, "Surrender just means joining the winning side." But no who one says that. People who are smarter than I am, um, but no one ever surrenders unless they're left in a bloody and barely breathing mess to yeah. begin with. It's like your last option, really. So I surrendered to more detach, needing more detach. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked like a big, huge tantrum where I just was crying, going, I don't care. I just don't care. Fine, I don't care. I told Brianna that I had Phil Collins in my head what singing song? that song. I don't care anymore. Oh. I don't care. I was thinking of what like, you say. Yeah. Lion King song. Oh, no. Th- I'm older than you are. <laughs> um, at any rate, so I reached a new level of detachment and we started talking about what is attachment. Mm-hmm. And for me, attachment is when 
my well-being is somehow defined by an outside circumstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just for me. Simple. It's control. Yeah, it's the need for control. And what happens for me is that I attach to, like you say, an outcome. And I become addicted or obsessed with the idea of this outcome as a way to control the future. Right? Yes. <laughs> Which, as I say it out loud, is fucking bananas. But that's, but that's, we're, we're meat suits, right? Yeah, we're yeah. animals. No. We have to control the future somewhat. Yeah. Because otherwise we'd never get across the Serengeti. That's true. We'd all die. The whole point is to live <clears throat> through this situation. And I think our feelings are part of this, you know, the way we do that. Yeah. Right? But I don't think my brain knows the difference between attaching to something realistic and not walking out in front of a bus. Right. They feel the same. Fear feels like fear. It's true. Um, and... Often, because I was having issues with anxiety, I would develop ideas of what the future were, was that were negative in order, as we all do this, right? That in order to pre-upset myself. Yeah. So that it wouldn't be so bad when it actually happened. Oh, totally. Oh, we've, right? ta we've talked about this. Yes, yes. That tendency to not only, so I'm attached to a thing. Yeah. And the thing is going to make me okay. So then within that attachment, I then develop elaborate stories about what other people related to thing mean. Like you did that. What does that mean? What does that mean sure. about you? Don't, you aren't thinking about you don't you don't like me anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You weren't thinking about my feelings. So therefore, you're a fucking asshole. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And to me, I, this is like all Twitter is, is reading something, having a reaction to it and then assuming motive and intention based yes. on my reaction. And that's the amazing thing about human, humaning, is that we all, when we get uh, what I, I want to say is a mixed message, even though it may or may not be, um, we then analyze it and dissect it and assume this person is doing something to us or trying to get a reaction out yeah. of us. And we have this reaction assuming this person is trying to get this reaction when in reality, that person is not thinking about us. It's all fucking ego. It's all of us going, this person must think this. And this person's not thinking about you at all. They're thinking about themselves. Yeah. Because we're all egocentric fuckers. You know what I mean? Well, we're all thinking about ourselves. Yes. Right? That's the that's what I'm training. I have to actively train my brain to go, oh, there are other humans in this world who have different experiences. Exactly. So so I can only do that if I detach. Yes. Right? Yeah. If I first go, okay, your experience is not about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and even when even when somebody says it is, it's not. No. I want you to repeat that on a daily basis, yes. ladies and gentlemen. If somebody goes, you know what? You're a fucking bitch. That's not about you. Even if they say it is, it's not. Remember that. Yeah. I'm looking at Kim, but I'm talking to She's the pointing listeners. at the microphone. Over and over. Pointing. Pointing. Can you feel this? Gesture. I'm wagging my finger at you. Wildly um, gesturing in the closet. That is such an uh, easy, simple obvious and yet impossible thing to remember on a daily basis. Well, it's impossible to do if you haven't separated yourself from that attachment. Mm -hmm. Like, if I need you to make me okay, mm -hmm. then you have the power to make me not okay as well. But yeah, that's so, so true. Yes, yes, yes. So it's 
fucked. Um, because the way I was programmed is like, that's what love is. I need you to be okay. Sure, we are 50-50. You yeah. fill my holes. We right. are a puzzle. All that bullshit. It's bullshit. Yes. Everybody should be 100% Yeah. in a relationship. Um, the other thing I was going to say... Hold. Please hold. Hold on. Hold music. Yes, the, the needing from other people is something that is is new to me as being wrong. Um, and I never... I've always been, on the surface, logistically and physically, a very independent woman. Even my in my marriage, I'm very independent, and that's why uh, uh, my husband is so great, because he's always known—I've always been upfront about that, and he's always been like, that's cool, you do your thing. Um, now, in the, in the underbelly of my independence, there was this need— to be fulfilled by others. Um, you know, that term FOMO, that fear of missing out. We all have that fear of missing out. And all that FOMO is, is that need to be filled by others, to, to be entertained by others. Um, now, there is, if you're going to be like, oh, that party looks really fun. I want to go to that party. That's different. I get it. You want to go and have a good time. But when somebody has like a, a severe problem with FOMO, meaning they can't go a day without feeling that feeling of so-and-so's hanging out without me. That's not cool. Or what are they doing? Or I'm alone now. I don't like being alone. There's an attachment yeah. to an experience that they're somehow, that yeah, there is missing, that things aren't what they should be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, it's that control of, um, I think, of not being able to... Fill yourself enough, fill your own cup enough that you don't need other people to do it. Well, I'll tell you. Now, if we had had this conversation two weeks ago, I would have said, ah, I'm really more attached to things. I'm more attached to career. I'm more attached to, like, financial situation. And then, and then this stuff went down in my home. And it was funny because I've really been thinking, like, why— Am I so attached? I would love to use the past tense, but I know it will be there for my entire life. Why am I so attached to my daughter's experience? And my answer is because I love her and I want her to be happy, right? Well, then, Kim, why were you being a miserable son of a bitch trying to force your daughter to do shit she didn't want to do and be a person she didn't want to be in order to make her happy? Like, that doesn't— And what did you come up with? weird shift is that it, it wasn't about her being happy— at all. That was a lie I was telling myself. Uh -huh. Because ultimately, if I'm attached to something, uh -huh. I'm not seeing it as the thing it is. I'm seeing it as the effect I want it to have on me. If I'm looking at something through mm -hmm. my self-centered fear, through my ego, I am incapable of seeing it and allowing it to be just purely what it is. That's unconditional love to me, is yes. the ability to look at something and not need it to be anything for me to have an experience. And unconditional love also goes back to control in a way, and control of an outcome, control of, you know, like we were saying, of um, things being done in the way that you want them to be done. Um, 
Wait, unconditional love does or conditional love does? Conditional Conditional love. love. Yes. Sorry, yes. Um, I was like, wait, I don't... I think unconditional love is challenging. Oh, I think it's... I'm almost 50 years old, and I have just, within the last month, Mm -hmm. admitted I think I might be capable of it one day. Mm. Because I'm so trained, when I get really brutally honest with myself, Mm -hmm. that everything is about me. Huh. On some level, yeah. I want you to feel good because I feel good when you feel good. Yeah. I want you to be successful because I feel good. Like, is there really, is it possible to purely detach from this world? Um, There are people, you know, in this world, there are very enlightened people who I do think that that's possible for. I don't think it's easy, and I think that it must be easy and yet challenging to function in a way, you know what I mean? Because sometimes I feel like a certain amount of attachment, as long as it's even, might be safe. I think it, you know, I think it serves the species. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like... I mean, you know, because there's there's definitely, I, you know, that line between what? You just want me to let a human being suffer? You just you want me to have no reaction when yeah. I see yes. people starving yes. or animals being abused or like is there is there a place I can address those issues and be altruistic and detach like that just kind of blows my mind. Right now I satisfied myself with if something makes me feel good and is warm, mm-hmm. then I'm going to act on it and surrender. Oh, oh, there it is. Oh, fuck me. I'm brilliant. Are you last night? Oh, no, wait. Hold on. I just realized. Okay. So I'm allowed to attach to the person's experience. I'm affected by it. I'm drawn to changing it. I'm moved to mm-hmm, help it. Mm-hmm. But I have to detach from the outcome. outcome. Yes. I have to not define myself as a good person yes. if they are happy yes. and a bad person if I don't save the puppies. And also, we have to not attach to our feelings about the about the outcome yes! and about the, uh, you know, experience at all. Like, that's another thing is I watch a friend go through something and I can hold space for them and occasionally I also have feelings about it. I don't want to say judgment. I'm trying really hard now to not use the word judgment and judgmental because I feel like that is a finite word and I feel like I could say I'm not judgmental, but I do have feelings and opinions about other people and their actions, but they are not finite. They flow and often are adjusted or taught to me. So anyway, um, I have feelings about other people's experiences, but I don't want to make their experiences, I don't want to attach my identity or emotions to their experience. I can, as you say, hold space for them. Um, And that is challenging. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I remember, oh, we're going to go dark here, but that's okay. I can always edit it out. I remember talking to someone when my dad was very, very, very ill, and I knew what was going to happen. And I was like, so you're telling me I should just let him kill himself? And she said, you don't let him do anything. And you realize this isn't happening to you. Mm-hmm. It's just happening. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
Because I because both of those like I couldn't understand what she was saying mm-hmm. as English even. Like what do you mean I can't let him do this awful and what do you mean it's not happening to me? It feels personal, so it must be happening to me. And what that actually meant was that I was less able to connect with my father. And I was more victimized, and I took on the pain that the situation gave me and actually magnified it Mm -hmm. by making it personal and attaching my worth to it. Absolutely. And quite frankly, no, you can't stop someone. Mm -hmm. You can show up for someone, and you can love someone, but ultimately, if somebody wants to punch in their return ticket. Yep. It's like in relationships when people are always saying you can't change the other person. You fucking cannot change another person. Nope. You can be there for them, but you can't say, you can't, you know, give them ultimatums. Ultimatums do not fucking work. Yeah, even if their behavior changes, if it's changing because of an ultimatum. Especially if it's they changing because changing. of an ultimatum. Yeah. They're just going, it's, they're just going, oh, God, how much longer do now I have I to do No, I just got to not get caught. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, um, wow. So, basically, I think what we've decided here in my closet mm-hmm. is that living in a world that somehow happens to be inhabited by other human beings is hard. <laughs> That's brilliant, Kim. Really, really special stuff there. I'm glad I could wrap this up <laughs> with a pretty little fucking bow on it. Uh, I would say to those listening, and th- this is going to sound trite and dumb and annoying, and I get it, but it is something that I've been practicing a lot, a lot, a lot in 2019, and it fucking works, is that Attaching to an outcome and attaching uh, your ego and it's your ego's attachment to. Hold on. Let me think okay, wait. Again. Hold on. That's okay because I have a question. We're not ready to wrap it up. Okay, great, great, great. No, we're not. We're not ready to wrap it up. Okay, great. Have a sip of water because here's my next question. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know when you're attaching? <laughs> Obsession. Like, how do I know when I'm That's doing it? when. But I but think. I attach all the time without obsessing. Are you sure? Oh, yes. Like what? Oh, my, like, how my daughter behaves. Like, you don't think that that's, like, how your daughter behaves is not an attachment. I think that's a. It is. But how, but how. Is it is it a how constant? people perceive she is other people's perception of my daughter? I was very attached to, and then it like snapped. Um, like I I attach to. Um, what are we doing? You know the podcast. I I have to actually remove myself and go. Do I care if people respond to what we're saying, yeah. or do I not? Like I'm attached to, to me, outcome that is all the attachment. Time. To me. Um, but that's not obsession. I don't no, obsess that's true. over that's true. it. That's true. That's true. It's just I only know I'm attaching when I become frustrated that I can't have power go. over something that I think I should be able to change. I think for me, I think that's exactly it. I think it's, I think it's attach. You notice you're attaching to something. Let's say an outcome. You notice yep. you're attaching to an outcome when you realize you have no control over it. And that sucks that you have no control. 100%. Over. Because so there's a surrender. Yes. So that's when you go, that's my decision. So f- that's what I was getting to um, so poorly uh, was that if we can all take those things that fucking piss us off 
and it pisses off even more because there's nothing we can do about it. You cannot control other people. You cannot control an outcome of a situation. So if we all look at that from the outside and go, I can't do anything about this. So I'm going to detach. I'm going to be okay yeah. anyway. Yes. Because we all are. Oh. We all yeah. are. No one's going anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you are, you know, like Kim and I, uh, you do have the strong belief that everything really does happen for a reason. It really does. And some of those reasons are fucking painful 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 lessons <laughs> you know <laughs> but they are lessons to help you uh, rise above level up right um and you know what else mm-hmm. i think that does is that that so beautifully encapsulates because i hear people screaming i hear you through the time portal in my closet going yeah but won't that just encourage people to become passive and sit on their asses and not work to change and it's like no what brianna just said was mm-hmm. If you can't change it, Mm -hmm. if you can, then fucking change it. And don't sit there being frustrated or angry or or whining or in pain or take some action. Always take action, but do not attach to an outcome. Yep. Yep. That is the dangerous thing. Constantly be moving. I am a big fan of doing a thousand things at once because it is my belief that it is harder to hit a moving target. <laughs> so I do not sit still for long. But I am my most miserable when the the prophecies I've made of how things will turn out are incorrect. And I dovetail, you know, dovetail. I dovetails dive yes. down. Dive b- bomb. I dive bomb. Swallow bomb. <laughs> I I hurt. <laughs> this is going really well. Uh, you can tell when the oxygen starts to. All right. Okay. We're short. good. But we did. We did. We did well. Point. Point is. Point is. Do not. Do not attach to outcome. Attach to action. Yeah. Do everything in your power, and beyond that. Let it go and let it flow, motherfuckers. Yeah. Okay, I love you, Kim Rhodes. I love you, Brianna Buckmaster. My upper lip is sweaty. (laughs) 